Hey everybody, this is Q the Abolitionist, and I'm really psyched about today's episode of Unshackled Liberty. We have a very special guest uh, who came on our show today and talked to us a little bit about uh, what it means to be a collapsitarian. Um, this thing, we we went deep. We got about 90 minutes of uh, of content for you guys to listen to. Um, it gets a little choppy. Um, we had We had him drop out a little bit, but I did my best to edit it. So uh, hang in there. There's great information. There's a spot where it, where he does drop out, but we bring it back in. And, and I think I might go ahead and just put a uh, commercial break there so it seems a little more natural. But if you hang on till the end of the show, there's another special cut at the end, another bonus track, if you will. So, man, we sure we are sure excited about this one. Both uh, Crypto Gumbo and I are really happy to have Collapsitarian 15. Thank you for joining us. I noticed that you've been changing your avatar lately, and I think this is the second time. Yeah, and it it went from it went from a face like yours or your face to this 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 beautiful new avatar. That I'm just curious <laughs> why why are you, why are you switching things up? Like what are you what are you trying to accomplish here? So I uh you know how like I don't know if you know this or not, but I noticed that all the girls have like a ton of followers on Twitter. Well, of course, so, the girls. So, so like I'm, so like I'm a girl on Twitter now, man. <laughs> so what you're telling me is you identify as a girl, dude. I'm a woman. Tell me I'm not, bro. I am a okay. big, I'm... I'm a big, hairy, smoking hot chick. <laughs> you know what you are? You're a, you're a big hairy white gorilla that exists <laughs> in the Pacific, and there's only one of you. <laughs> Tell me I'm not a woman. I'll sue your butt, bro. I promise. <laughs> I'm, hey, hey, listen. It's a free country. It's like that. It's like that video. It's ma'am. <laughs> oh, that's so ridiculous. Did you catch that? I remember that video. Of yeah, that, yeah. Of that, of that tran. Am I allowed to say this? I don't know. The tranny in the in the video game store, and that poor kid behind the counter. He's just <clears> trying <throat> to do his job, and he accidentally stirs this transvestite chick. Right. Yeah. Here. <laughs> here's here's the crazy thing. She was jacked, man. She obviously has. She's been pushing some iron. She's been lifting the weights. <laughs> she was like on. She was on. She was roid raging out right there in the store. Yeah. <laughs> so she was all juiced up, pissed off that she was getting called a, a man when she's a Sir, man, but she's a woman. So, man. Yeah. Oh, I don't get it, man. I don't get you it. Can't make this up, dude. Well, this is the dumbest time to be alive, and I love it. It's so. But fun. it's also so so it's so it's the dumbest time to be alive. But it's also. The best time to be alive. Yeah, no, it is. In, it is in many, in many, many yeah. ways. So, I mean, it's, yeah, you can't have the sweet without the sour, I guess. I guess you're right. But no, so, yeah, I, uh, so it's not sir anymore. It's ma'am. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> yes, ma'am. It would be like, and all you people want to follow me on Twitter, it's ma'am. <laughs> uh oh. You know what? Are you so are you good? More. Yeah, I'm good. I had to restart something because it was it was being weird, and apparently you, you cannot leave the window once you start. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't know that. Well, neither did I. I don't know these things. No I'm worries, a, my man. I'm a, I'm a mechanic, bro. I don't know anything about this stuff. <laughs> yeah, same here. <laughs> I'm just a gun mechanic. And I'm not even a good mechanic, dude. That, that's probably the best kind of mechanic is a gun mechanic. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. I make guns run. Awesome, bro. Hey, so... Yeah.
so here we are, guys. Uh, thanks, thanks again. I want to thank Collapsitarian Fifteen uh, to uh, you know for for coming on our show. But um, this is uh, this is Q the Abolitionist with Crypto Gumbo, and uh, we're going to talk hey. a little bit about the Boogaloo. So hey, uh, <laughs> so Collapsitarian, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself before we jump on in? Sure. Okay, so just a quick background. Um, I have a military background, probably as both of you do. Absolutely, yep. yep. And uh, I come from a conservative, traditionally Republican background. Grew up with guns, grew up in the country. Um, pretty much grew up with the, you know, John Birch Society, the communists are trying to take over the country mindset. And uh, I was a neocon for probably a good, I don't know, 15 years or so. And then started to uh, detract from that as I started to see things unfold in Iraq. And uh, then I decided that libertarianism was probably a better solution. And they were certainly more pro-gun. So uh, that's about the time that I met ZeroGov. That actually, technically, that was 2001. But yeah. a, as I read more from websites like Lou Rockwell, and you know, I, there was a there was a bunch of others that came along the way after that. But predominantly, it was uh, Lou Rockwell, Mises.org. I listened to like everything that Ron Paul had to say about the Iraq War. And that's when I started to realize that what the U.S. was doing uh, was simply just wasting money and lives. Yeah. And that that's a terrible thing to see as a uniformed person to look at right. that. And, and, and those are your brothers and your sisters that are going over there or when you're there. And oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It it really it it. I started to feel really disenfranchised with the Republican Party at that point. That would have been probably around the 2003 time frame that it really started to amp up. And by the time I was out of the Army, I was in 15 years. By the time I was out of the Army, um, at that point, I was like 100% libertarian. I, I, I drank some of the Big L Libertarian Party Kool-Aid. And, uh, you know, started going down that road about 2005 to about 2007. By then, I had read a lot of what Ron Paul had written and um, a lot of his essays. Um, There's a whole slew of Austrian school economists slash libertarians that I was reading. I, I mean, it's it's permeated my brain now at this point. You just kind of think that way now, don't yeah. you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because because you what happens when you really truly question and you go back and you are in the discovery mode of what is actually true, you put everything on the chopping block and you say, "Okay, I'm going to go back and I'm going to find out if every single bit of this is true or if it's if it's wrong, if everything I believe is a lie." Because, you know, if, if something you believed was a lie, what other things are a lie? And so you yep. go back and you reassess everything. And, and you have to basically... keep opening those doors for sure. If you're right, seeking exactly. truth, you know, the truth. Yeah. 
yeah, it's exactly what I did. So, so at that point, um, that at that point, that was like 2007. Then I got on the Ron Paul train in 2007. So I was back to being a Republican and I was like, Ron Paul can save the country, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and so that's about <laughs> the same time that Bureau Crash came out. I don't know if you guys remember Bureau Crash. That was like a website that was collecting a lot of libertarians that were feeling disenfranchised um, by American politics in general. Um, no, I, had, I don't actually, remember any of that. Yeah, it's that's funny that you say that because during yeah. that time I, I had gotten into the information liberation movement, and I was th- th- those time frames that you were just speaking about. That's like separated me from two different deployments, and of course I was a sailor, not a soldier, but uh. I spent a lot of time in the information liberation stuff. So I was doing my own dissecting of figuring out, you know, what am I doing? And so it's very yeah. similar, but very different. Our, our, our timelines and our stories, all three of us. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. You're, you're, you're just, you're just a few years ahead of me. Uh, I, I went through all of everything you went through, uh, you know, shortly after during the 2016 election cycle, it was compressed. Uh, it was a compressed timeline for me but it was all right then. <laughs> so keep, yeah. keep going. I don't, I don't want to cut you off. Keep going, man. Yeah, no, it's, it's cool. That's cool. Yeah. So, um, so, you know, again, 2001, Zero Gov and I became practically best friends. We actually met on a range, ironically. <laughs> and wow. uh, and we, we've been best friends ever since. It's really funny. But anyway, I, we talk to each other about every week or so. But anyway, um, so I... At that point, I started down that, you know, Ron Paul can save the save the country. This is our last chance, you know, to abolish the Fed and, you know, bring back the Bill of Rights and, you know, abolish, you know, abolish all the different things that are bad. You know, it's like, oh, this is possible. He can do it. Right. You know, because he was on fire during those days. I remember. Oh, he was. And I mean, it was growing so fast. Mm-hmm. And there were so many people making so many different videos. And, you know, that was a, the, the, that was like the MySpace transition to Facebook t- time frame as well. Okay. Um, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, you know, I was like, I was, I was uh, burning bridges and destroying friendships just as quick as I could make them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, la- I'm laughing because I nuked my Facebook account simply because yep. I was doing that too, you know? Yep. Yep. <laughs> and, yep. I, and I witnessed it. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. So, so all of that was happening. Um, and, and, you know, it, it was as soon, and it was really funny because trying to convince Bill Buford to do anything, um, when he doesn't want to like register Republican to vote, in the primary, you know, in the Republican primary. Uh, I mean, oh my gosh, it was like pulling teeth. I was like, no, he can win, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And I had built these huge signs on the sides of my truck. And I mean, I was, it was, it was ridiculous. I was So you're cruising through town with your, with your signs on your truck? (laughs) With my eight, eight foot long signs that said, Ron, you know, uh, you know, revolution with the L, you know, spelled, you know, with the L uh, written into the, revolution you know ron paul revolution oh my gosh i had i was in the meetup groups we were drinking the kool-aid i mean it was (laughs) hilarious it was funny it was really you know 
at, at points in your life, you have to drink the Kool-Aid in order to realize that you have to get out of there. Well, at least I did, you know, and maybe I'm not the smartest person around, but I had to drink no. the Kool-Aid before I decided to back out of stuff, you know? No, but I mean, the whole time Bill is like, you know, Skip, this isn't going to work. You just know this isn't going to work. This is, this is going downhill fast. And, and so I finally, I was just like, okay, well, about the time that they were having the Republican debates prior to the, prior to the, um, oh, what do you call it? The, the primaries. Um, I was so mad and I was yelling at the TV. It was ridiculous. And at that point I just decided, okay, this is it. I'm going cold Turkey. I'm killing my cable. It's gone. So that was 2008-ish, right? It was like right before 2008. I killed my cables like at the end of the 2007. I killed my cable. I did everything on the internet. Um, and shortly thereafter, you know, when that disenfranchisement feeling actually started to sink in after naturally Ron Paul didn't get the, uh, didn't get the um, nomination. Yeah. I mean, it was like not even there practically, right? The numbers were so low. And at that point, that was when I was like, okay, this is it. There's got to be another way. There has to be. So about the time Zero Gov and I both hit anarcho-capitalism at about the same time frame. Like, and it was really funny because like, I called him up and I was like, I've taken the black pill. You know, like it's the red, you know, the red pill. Not red, is, not you know, blue, but black. Yeah, dude, <laughs> I've taken the black pill. You know, I remember, like, I remember taking that black pill, dude. No, keep going. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, and 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 he, and he was like, he's like, yes, I did too. You know, so like, you know, all of a sudden it was like this huge new revelation. You know, we went from being libertarians to being anarchists, and we could say it with a straight face, like with a smile, even. You know. Yep. yep. And, and at that point, then it was like, oh my gosh. Everybody thinks I'm a Maldoff cocktail throwing, you know, teenager in Seattle with a skateboard, like, with a skateboard, with a skateboard. Hair, right? yeah. that's yeah. exactly with, what, what I went through, yes. to be honest. Yes. And, and, and I was like, oh my gosh, what did I, what have I gotten myself into, you know? And so like, there was this sorting and this processing between, you know, and at that point I didn't know there was like an anarchist left and an anarchist right. It was yep. like this whole new paradigm of information that I had to study and I had to figure out like, why are the ANCOMs wrong and why are the ANCAPs right? And what, you know, and of course my moral compass isn't mixed in all of this. Right. Yeah. You know, cause I'm, I'm just like, you know, I'm a Christian. So I'm like, okay, I got to figure this out. What is, what's, what is, what is real? What is not real? Yep. What is, what is deceit? You know, what is being put out there is deceit. What is, you know, truth versus untruth. So anyway, but I will tell you, there's three things that I want to hit on. And I'm going to say it really fast. Dude, hit us, most, bro. We're, the, we're ready. The yeah. three most important things I have to say in this podcast, I'm putting right up front. And I might Let's even hit them again. The first okay. one, malum and say is law. Malum prohibitum is the will of a tyrant. For some reason, that's such a foreign concept to people. The second thing, the libertarian non-aggression principle, the NAP, should be the rules of engagement. Yep. 
And then the third thing is the only rights that anyone has is what they're willing to die or kill defending. Right on, man. I like that. I so, like that. Solid. I like yeah, that. That's solid. so like those three things, if you can, if you can like grok, right. I mean, mm-hmm. we'll even use that word. If you can grok the concept that these three things are real and true. And if you can really understand that there's, that, that it is morally wrong to kill someone over eating the king's deer. Right? Because we'll take yeah. it back that far. Yeah, yeah. That's a good way to put it. That's a good way to put it. You know, that it's morally wrong to put someone in a cage because they ate the king's deer or, or, or kill them or maim them or, you know, whatever. Right. You know, steal from them because they've eaten the king's deer. You know, when you get to that point, um, Are you there? I'm here. Uh, Did we lose him? Oh no! It was so good. Yeah, he was he was on a roll, man. <laughs> uh, he can probably he might be able to hear us. Maybe it's just like a Wi-Fi thing, or a... uh, it's okay. We can edit it. Malum prohibitum. It it really comes down to that is what is fought over the most in politics. All of this tit for tat, changing laws, and the laws are going to work for us, and all of those things. And, and I'm here to tell you, it's not. The system is designed to be healable, that if anybody tries to make any changes to change it, it's self-healing. Yeah, it, it goes fixes, right back. It goes right back to the way the, uh, you know, the plantation was set up. It's exactly that way. So I'm going to jump into Collapsitarian for a second. And I, I've got it, some man. notes. I've got some yeah. notes and I've got a little bit of background. Yeah, I've seen your tweet. Them. You had it all set up. I was like, wow, this dude. dude you had like, yeah. Yeah. I, I Pull the little, trigger! So be, to be honest <laughs> with you, bro, that was, that was a little bit intimidating. I was looking at that going, dude, we don't do any of this. <laughs> oh, no, that's okay. Because, because okay, so 2016... You know, Collapsitarian began in 2016. It started with memes of a cartoon character lying in bed, guns all over the covers, a mushroom cloud outside the window, and Hillary Clinton on the television, and the caption read, me in 2016. That's literally when Collapsitarian started. I didn't have a (laughs) name for it. A meme created that. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I mean, that's literally what started the process and by 2018 when i actually pulled the trigger on the name it was a 2013 web comic called on fire where a dog wearing a hat sits at a kitchen table the room is engulfed (laughs) in flame but the dog smiles and says this is fine i've seen that so (laughs) many times that's beautiful how that lined up and and that is and that is literally, that was the year that Collapsitarian was born because it was like, it. this is it. This is it. So Collapsitarian is about shaping a mindset. Yeah. It's a survivalist with a conscience and a sense of humor. That's it's, good. It's, it's someone that understands Malam and Say. They enforce the nap because if there's no self-ownership, 
there can be no self-ownership without property. So it, what you're saying is it comes from the individual first. That's right. Not, not something that's, that's, that's put upon you. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So, like yeah. okay. so, you know, at that point, it's accept and prepare for the next chapter. That's what it is. It's the realization that the problems of today won't be solved without a collapse. Why? Because your owners won't allow it. That's right. That's heavy, so, man. That's, that's, wow. yeah, well, I mean, that's, that's so yeah. there's, there's people that are listening to this, hopefully for the first time going, wait, what are you, what are you talking about owners? Yeah. You know? Yeah. What do you mean? What do you mean by that? Right. Right. And, 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 so, and we just continue to wake these people up, bro. Keep going. Yeah. Keep, keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Because well, that, I mean, that goes, know, that goes into, uh, uh, the old school naval law and, and birth certificates and stuff and us being corporatized and, uh, bodies that are owned and, yeah. So that, yeah. yeah, that's and, and like re, uh, a system that responds to heal itself is what you're uh, alluding to earlier. That's right. I haven't heard it like that before, and that's 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 mind blowing. Uh, if voting could change anything, it would be illegal. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I'm and we, and we, and we just we just did an episode on voting, and I'm all like, yeah, I voted, yeah. yay, you know? yeah. I mean, look, I understand voting out of self-defense or because your conscience somehow, you know, it's like, oh, I've got to go. I just have to go because, you know, it's, it's what I've done all these years. I get it. I understand. But at the end of the day, to me, all it does is give them credibility and credence. You know, it, to, me, to me, success would be that on election day, no one showed up at any single voting booth anywhere. And then everybody waited to see what, what would happen. Was, yeah. <laughs> what's, what's the media going to say about this now? They're going to show footage from last year's election. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And they're going to uh, report yeah, yeah. that everything is on par and this person's ahead and this person's ahead. You know, it, 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 it's, it almost reminds me of those secret meetings in the movie V for Vendetta yeah. where there's like five people in the room yep. and they're saying, okay, what, are, what is the story tonight? What is the spin? You know? And then the guy steps in and says, this is what we're going to do. And this is what we're going to do. And we're going to air this and we're going to show this, you know? And then he says, I want, I want everyone to remember why they need us. Yeah. And I think to myself, like, that is literally. That's the media. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. So, so how about this? Like, like yeah, yeah, go ahead. I, didn't, I don't mean to interrupt you, but you brought that up. Like, so what do you think about the whole President Trump thing and the fake media and the mainstream media being the enemy and he's trying to expose them? I, and this might be stupid to you or Q, but yeah, I'm just asking no. because it's an, in, in alignment with, with that. And I, I no, think it's, I don't you know, think it's stupid at all. I don't think it's stupid at all. I, you know, whether, whether, uh, you know, whether President Trump is, you know, the, the person that's actually going to save the country or whether he's just one person that actually gives a damn surrounded by people who are just literally sharpening their sticks for what they want to do to the American people when he leaves. Um, yeah, yeah, you, you can know, say that very much. Yeah. You know, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's. To me, the media doesn't matter who's in the office. The media is clearly the enemy. You know, Operation Paperclip was so powerful. Was it's crazy. Yeah, Operation Paperclip was successful. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I remember reading all about that. Yeah. So behind collapsitarian, there's a psychology. This is the intent. The intent is to fight fear by facing it head on. Yep. I, I don't want to pretend that things aren't going on. I don't want to pretend. I want to know what's really happening because no one is coming to save you. That is true. I believe the that. Plant, the plantation owners are restructuring. You've got Agenda 21. You've got Agenda 30. I don't mean to get all uh, Alex Jones, but I will tell you that those things are real. You can look them up. You can read them. They really are trying to reduce the world's population. Yeah. Well, that ties into the Bill Gates stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That that stuff's been out there for years. And gun control is key to them. Yeah, it is. And this is where Bill Buford's statement in the animating contest, or the coming animated contest for liberty, either learn to drive a rifle or ride a rail car. Yeah. Dude, that is, I remember that. That's so powerful, right? Learn to drive a rifle. Yeah. Or ride a rail car. Yeah. Because it's short and, yeah. and, and, and it has, uh, there's a dichotomy there. So to me, parchments, courts, the rule of law, they're purely administrative to our plantation owners. Yeah. You're they're right. administrative. There's something they can wave away, just like your bill of rights, just like anything else. And that's why and they just manufacture. They just manufacture due process, right? They just manufacture it, right? They sure. Even have, yeah, you know, they, yeah. I mean, and, and three. That's why three percenters and oath keepers fail. Yeah, is because right. those things they're administrative. Yep. Rights are rooted in the individual, and it's natural yeah. law. That's where I get my. That's where I get my rights is from natural law, yeah. and the only way I can enforce it is for me myself. It doesn't have anything to do with a corporation that, you know, parades around in uniforms that protects my rights. You're right, dude. I feel feel like, uh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, sorry. I I feel like a lot, let's say Americans, I feel like a lot of Americans have been hoodwinked into believing. So, so real short. um, So if you go and listen to previous uh, podcasts with me and Q, uh, so we don't exactly align up uh, line up on views. I mean, we're friends and we, we, we laugh about what we don't agree with, but, but I, I was like, like you had mentioned before. So I voted for Bush, bam, in the military, bam, come out of the military. And then I voted for Trump because I was like, wow, it looks like, it's like this guy cares about his country and cares about what the American people, you know, we, we've been treated so badly and all this China stuff. And, and then yeah. the more I submerge myself into it, I want to hang on to certain things and then I feel like I'm drowning in other things. It's, uh, yeah, it's overwhelming. Well, it's, it really is because I want to care about my country because I do love my right. country. Right. I'm sure. supposed to I, like, <laughs> look, I, I love where I live and I love my neighbors and I love the people that are in the same geographic region, uh, regions that I live in just simply because they have a very similar culture and they pr- subscribe to that same culture, you know, and, and a lot of people call that a country, you know, whether it's a you. geographic okay. line okay. of where you live, if it's a conglomeration of a whole bunch of people's property rights that are being enforced by them individually, none of that really matters at the end of the day, you know? Now, what I will tell you is patriotism and nationalism can be very dangerous. Oh, yeah, dude. 
and they they are okay. yeah, misused. Yeah. They they're misused because they're a tool of the government because they know that they 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 established education based on nationalism here. Um, Episode number really, two. Yeah, the Prussian, the Prussian yeah. education system. Yep. Yeah, the Prussian education system. That's right. Yep, you've seen the podcast too. School sucks podcast. It was a great, great uh, story on the similarities between uh, the you know the German education system. Yeah, and the U.S. education system mainly yeah. because the same guy it's went over control. there and said, "Let's put all this together and bring this back to the United States." Yep. Yeah, Q, Q just flung a, a, a episode in education on the Prussian education system. That's awesome. Not too long ago, and we, we we talked about it, so it was it was interesting, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that that all of a sudden because you know, okay, well, nationalism's dangerous. Well, you know, there's a lot of things that are dangerous. I mean, let's face it: the muzzle of my rifle is dangerous. It doesn't mean that I don't have one, right? It just yeah, means yeah. that I learn not to point it at anybody. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And and so the way I look at it is from a nationalism and a patriotism standpoint, you know, it you you can't look at it and then translate it into um uh there's a there was a US policy um that was used to basically take you know, basically make all decisions about how South America, I think it was manifest destiny. Yeah. You know, that right there, that was dangerous. What yeah. they did was dangerous and, and, and they used that and they spread that. And of course, now what you have is you have China taking the exact same, that same mindset, that same policy, and they're doing it in the Pacific, but all of a sudden they're a bad guy, Right. You know, they're doing the exact same thing. They learned from how, you know, we were able to establish, you know, naval and, and, and air dominance over such a large amount of the earth. And all they're doing is applying the exact same principles of manifest destiny. I'm not saying they're right. All I'm saying is, is they're, you know, it's kind of a tit for tat kind of deal. Yeah, well, you so know? they're using and, our tactics and, and yeah. they're the bad guys for doing so. <laughs> well, right. Right. That's, that's exactly. Amazing. You're right. I, I have I have a question for you. Uh, yeah. Just curious on what your what your views are on this whole Q movement and the Q anon mm-hmm. stuff tied into have, like not not the, the manga the, the Trump Q train the abolitionist not to be confused right right not Q oh, the abolitionist yeah, yeah. but the Q anon <laughs> yeah I actually yes, have a section yes. I actually have a whole page written on that. Great, great. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna get to it as long as you don't you know as long as we don't run out of internet time. We're good. I dude. think we're good. We're just, <laughs> let, it, let it rip. Okay. Well, you know, because last week there was all this media hoopla about what is the boogaloo, I really thought it would be good to address that. Let's do it. I, I, I jumped right into the meat because to me, that's what your viewers. Oh, it's, it, it's better to be blunt. Like. Let's just go, you know? Yeah. And that's my style anyway. So. So the boog, the big luau, the big igloo, right? Yeah, man. Um, mm-hmm. do you, I don't know if you knew how the big. Oh, don't go away. What's <laughs> Terry, are you there? Are you there? All right, 31 minutes. I'm going to mark it. 
<laughs> it's, it, it, he drops out at the at the time. Oh, it, then he went away. Yeah, um, he'll he'll pop back in. But every time he gets, he, it builds up 30, to a really good point. Minutes. Yeah, dude, the big igloo. The big yeah, he's like the big the luau. luau. Click. <laughs> like, hey, I know about luau. house we're in Hawaii. <laughs> I can I can hear my kids downstairs. I can hear my little boy saying, "Daddy." <laughs> <laughs> the collapse. The Come collapse of carrying keeps. Oh, getting there you are. Are you there? I keep see what happened was so I have to (laughs) I have to keep touching the screen on my phone. Oh, so it doesn't close the okay, yeah. Exactly. So so if I get carried away or excited, which is pretty easy to do on this subject, um, all of a sudden I look over and I see the screen black and I'm like crap. So so you were talking about the the big luau, man. Yeah, yeah. So the Boogaloo, or the Boog for short, because nobody calls it Boogaloo anymore. Um, The Big Luau and the Big (laughs) Igloo. The Big Luau and the Big Igloo, all they did was they were spell check words. If you tried to write in Boogaloo, spell check would make Big Luau or Big Igloo. And so the the naming convention just kept going. But you guys, this is going to rock your world. Okay, because I was there when they were setting up the idea of the Boogaloo and what it was and how. And it started out as something funny. That's why collapsitarians have to have a sense of humor. And this is this is how this started. It's a multi-generational unification project. It started to counter the success that gun controllers were having in elections. It pure and simple. This is an Alinsky tactic. The Boogaloo is and Alinsky tactic being used against communists. Against the Alinsky yes. people. Yeah. It's, meant, it's meant to motivate and form a Second Amendment or a right to keep and bear arms base and then build it up from there. It's an indirect snarling of the teeth. Okay. It like serves that. as both a warning and a rallying. It helps separate Bujahideen's from FUDs, yeah. it consolidates fears and it points it back at the policy enforcers. Yep. The Boog is not about taking lessons of the past. I'm sorry, sorry. The Boog is about taking lessons of the past and passing them down in a relatable way to younger generations. I'll give you an example. All right, so when my baby boomer parents went through school, the book, The Gulag, in 1984, were required reading. Wow. 1984 required reading is crazy to me because that story, you know. (laughs) So here's a quote and how we burned in the camps later thinking, what would things have been like if every security operative when he went out at night to make an arrest and had been uncertain whether he would return alive and had to say goodbye to his family, or if during periods of mass arrests, as for example in Leningrad, when they arrested a quarter of the entire city, people had not simply sat there in their lairs, paling with terror at every bang of the downstairs door and at every step in the staircase but had understood that they had nothing left to lose. 
and they That's boldly right. set up in the downstairs hall an ambush of half a dozen people with axes, hammers, pokers, or whatever else was at hand. The organs would have quickly suffered a shortage of officers and transport, and notwithstanding all of Stalin's thirst, the cursed machine would have ground to a halt if, if, if we didn't love freedom enough. And even more, we had no awareness of the real situation. We purely and simply deserved everything that happened afterward. Ooh, that's heavy. That's heavy, bro. The memes in the in, in the boogaloo, the big igloo, and all of them, and 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 all the crass and callousness that 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 follow them. Quite frankly, it's it's designed to make it relatable and relevant to millennials and the Gen Z. And I'll I'll go even yeah. further and say that that's exactly what the Mandalorian things are doing now. The memes on the Mandalorian yeah. are exactly the same way. They're all they're all designed <laughs> to draw in the younger generations so that they can understand, that they can get a grasp of, of something that means something to someone without having to give them, you know, 12 primary years of a real history education that you don't get in what I call the compulsory collectivist indoctrination camps or sick for short. Yeah. Sick. That's great. It's amazing how a meme has so much weight and power, though. Um, we all know that. Come, I'm, a, I'm an '80s kid. I come, I come to fruition in the '90s, and then living my life and having my own family now. And you see uh, how powerful these memes are and what they mean. And and it says a you know a picture is worth a thousand words, basically. But memes yeah. are worth ten thousand words plus. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, bro. So, man, I don't even know what to say that. Um, you want to talk about Virginia? I do. Let's talk about Let's gun control and Virginia. So, okay, we had a uh, yeah, we had we had a we had a gun, we had a Second Amendment rally here in Honolulu not too long ago that I went to. Yeah, and uh, just just kind of as a lead into that, and and I was there, and there was dude, we had a hundred people, a hundred. 100 people in this whole county right showed up to the showed up to the uh showed up to the state capitol building yeah. uh, of course none of us none of us were carrying because they would have put 100 of us in jail right i mean it was it like it's 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 the the difference in culture uh from region to region is amazing we we live out here at, on the, what i like to call the edge of the empire right in hawaii mm-hmm. and uh and the this is not a rifleman culture. This is not a gun culture at all. No. You have you have a few of us, you know, and, and we have and those of us who do own guns are pretty adamant about it, but man, the rest of this place is like they don't they don't man, they don't get it. You think they would because of the entire bayonet constitution thing. I don't know how much you know about Hawaiian history, oh, yeah. but yeah, yeah, the annexation of mm-hmm. the Hawaiian Islands and everything else. Yeah. You'd think they'd understand the value of, of 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 being able to defend yourself from from others, right? Especially a government tyranny. Um, you know, I mean, yeah. here you here you have a functioning government, and a bigger yeah. government comes in and says, you know, we'd really like to yeah. lo- use your islands as a launch point for the Pacific. So, yeah, yeah. and then you know, f- 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 you know, half a century later, it's a state, right? Like, boom, here you yeah. go. So, so anyway, I wanted to say that just as a lead in, it we had a hundred people, none of us armed, 
and all of us understood that if we were armed, we were going into the back of a police vehicle, right? And then going to go get, and then going down to a, you know, to get thrown in the cage. Right. So yeah, let's talk. Let's talk about Virginia. Go ahead, man. Yeah. So you know, of course, this has been going on. You know, th- Virginia is just a part of a bigger campaign. You know, it's gone on longer than I've been alive. You know, NFA 34, Gun Control Act of 1968, 86, Assault Weapons Ban 94. It just keeps going, yep. right? And all these little yep. court decisions. And, and every time you have a prosecutor that decides that they want to uh, bring about new law by going in and trying to prosecute something that ends up sticking, and then that becomes new case law. That's, that is malum prohibitum at its finest right there. That's exactly what it yeah. does. And I will tell you, the irony, the irony here is that the policy enforcers in Virginia are actually wearing sick Semper Tyrannus on their sleeves. <laughs> you're right, dude. They are. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, hunt, they're hurting and they're hurting freedom. That's what yeah. they're doing. They're hurting and they're hurting like herd animals. They're hurting freedom. Yep. You know, a bad law is no law. Malum and say versus malum prohibitum is, is, is in place here. And red flag laws, they're aptly named. You know, the reason they call it a red flag law is because of that little gif of the communist waving the communist flag. And that was supposed to be over Warsaw, by the way. I wonder how long they knew that they were going to hold the everything that went down to Virginia. I wonder how much in advance they knew what was going to take place. That would, I'm interested in that. I yeah. mean, we'll never know, but I wonder how long they planned for that, knowing what it would do. Like you said, it's hurting freedom yeah. because it's bringing the wrong, it's magnifying it in the wrong way. And the average person doesn't see what you're saying right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And, and I should, I should make one quick correction. It was Berlin. When the when the okay. when the communists moved into Berlin, when the Russians moved into Berlin, that's when that picture of the uh, of the flag was as uh, being erected from a building that had been um, destroyed, um, and that's where that gift came from. But uh, so no, that that brings up a really good point. And what I will tell you is is that they have plans. You know, they they manifested a lot of those plans in California, New Jersey, Massachusetts, New York, pretty early on. And then you saw it start to move to Washington and Oregon, uh, parts of it in New Mexico, Colorado. You know, now they're trying to do things in Wyoming, Arizona, Texas and Virginia. So, again, so sad to hear that. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. They're, they're hurting. And that's, and those, they're hurting. That's a, that's a. That's a rifleman culture too. Those those last few states yeah. that you said those those guys are those are gun. That's a yeah. gun culture, a rifleman culture, a frontier culture. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that that hits home to me because I'm from a small town in Louisiana. You know what I mean? So I grew yeah. up around people hunting and eating the meat that they killed. You know, it yeah. was it's a part of our upbringing. And yeah, it's just it is man, literally can't a do anything without a, the. It's a destruction of people's yeah. culture, which is exactly yeah. what communism does. You know, and the truth is. You can't outrun tyranny when there's no place left to go. So right. when people say, well, what, you know, move to this state or move to that state. I watched somebody say uh, just just this past week, I think it was this past week when there was a 
there was something being proposed here in Arizona. It might've been last week. And somebody was like, you know, gosh, darn it. I just moved here to, to, uh, to Arizona. And now look at, you know, it's like, and the, the, really that's, that's their whole goal. Their whole goal is to try to push us into one place. You know why? Because we're, well, it's easy to control. Yeah. yeah we're all throughout every little community all over the country. That's yeah, the safest yeah. place to be. Yeah. And, and the you reason to be out there with that, the pecker woods, man. That's right. With the pecker woods. That's right. <laughs> that's, 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 that's true though. That's the truth. Yeah. Yeah. And so and, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, on that note, let me tell you from a guy that uh, grew up in Northern California, mm-hmm. um, you know, joined the Navy right out of high school. I did 13 and a half years. And then, uh, you know, I, I ended up in Hawaii because, you know, when I was in the Navy, I was transferred out here. Right. Uh, I've not lived in a state where I had to, where, where I didn't have to uh, almost hide or really be careful of, of my gun culture. Right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'll tell you, I, I was stationed up in Bremerton, Washington for a while and I love the Pacific Northwest, but even now Seattle's Seattle's kind of like taken over up there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, dude, I look at, I need you out there in Arizona to dig a deep water port, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. For sure. <laughs> Cause I gotta, no, you, you, you joke about people like me moving around, right? Because dude, I'm, 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 I'm in hostile territory out here. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and it's, I am, I am outnumbered if the, you know, I'm a member of, and the, when, when people say resist, it means something different for me out here. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my resistance, I'm, I'm way outnumbered. And, uh, there's like definitely a part of me that's like, I got to figure out how to get to Alaska, yeah. Arizona, some of, the, some of these last, what you would call quote unquote free states, mm-hmm. but you're right, dude. If, if, if we all do that, then there's no one out here, um, where the conflict is to hold ground. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I just, you know, I, I call jumping places, in on that. Yeah, absolutely. I call places like that. I, I, I call, I call them non-permissive environments. Yeah. And what that means that's is, is that's, that's a good term. Yeah. yeah and it, it means that just because I'm traveling through them doesn't mean I'm disarmed. It just means that I'm gray man when I travel through those areas. Hmm. Hmm. And, and, and I have packing lists and load plans and all that other kind of stuff for any time I have to travel through an area. I, you know, I, I consider it occupied territory and, you know, I might as well be, you know, shuffling across the border into Iran or some other country that wants to kill me. And that's the same mindset that I have when I do that. And it, it makes traveling painful, I'll tell you. I mean, there's been times I've had to fly into one state and then drive from that state into another state so that they didn't have record of me flying in and flying out with a firearm. Think about that. Well, yeah, so you're either traveling like the cattle that's... on the conveyor belt or you're, you're jumping through all these hoops to make it make yourself as not a target and as legal as possible in these different spots you happen to travel through when you travel. That's right. Yeah. It's, it's, it requires that's... a lot of homework. Um, you know, it requires a lot of training. I've had, I've had a nice, a nice amount of training 
that I have um, added to me, some of which I've paid for on my own, um, you know, and, and understanding the laws in different states. And, and quite frankly, this is the whole object of gun controllers to change the law faster than what you can keep track of. Yeah, I can see that totally, totally. We've got 43 bills on the books for our state legislature this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. All, all dealing with gun control. And, and the thing is, the thing is. And many of them contradict each other, frankly. And so when they all pass, which, which contradiction are we going to be held to? Right, right. So. Yeah. I, I get it. I totally get it. I, I lived in Washington for a couple of years when I was at Fort Lewis. So, I've yeah, through there. I get it. Did you, ever, yeah. did you ever happen to go through Fort Polk? I have never been to Fort Polk, ironically. That's the Which, whole, that's the that's the reason I joined the Navy and not the Army, because <laughs> that's where I'm from. I'm pretty close to Fort Polk, so I was I wasn't yeah. going to do that to myself. You know? Well, if it makes you feel any better, that that's what most people try to avoid in the Army too. I know. I've heard it's the armpit of the Army. <laughs> yeah. No offense to anybody out there. Just saying, yeah. it's what it's what people say. No. Okay. But but the truth is, you know what? You know what's great about Louisiana. Nobody bothers them because nobody wants to go there. Yeah. I'll tell you, man, like earlier in some tweets, we're going back and forth. Uh, and this is this is true for, you know, most of the United States, the, the mainland, not out here in Hawaii. But um, you got pockets and you especially down in the, in, the, in the deep south and in just what you were saying earlier. Um, those are the communities that you want to be a part of because they're tight knit. Nobody bothers yeah. each other and everybody just wants to live their life. And you can come and go as you please and do what you need to survive as long as you're not hurting anybody else. And that's what it's all about. Yeah, and that's is. going away, man. They're attacking that. And that's what yeah. really gets under my skin. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Me too. And, you know, I, I call it the movement or, you know, the freedom movement. But at the end of the day, the, the real solution, the real solution for all of us, because, look, the reason why we're having this podcast is because we're not happy. We're not happy with the current situation, because we know that there are people out there that are gunning for us because they want to make it worse for us. They want to destroy so they can have more control over us. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. They want, they want, they want more of what you have. They want more. It, it's not, it's never enough, you know? And that's why when people say, well, just, you know, common sense gun control, there is no common sense gun, gun, gun control, first off, because the NRA kind of set out a long, long time ago what was safe gun handling practices. And everything else beyond that is just nothing more than a slippery slope for all of you. Yeah. 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 But the more decentralized this movement is, the greater the chances of its success. You know, whether it's collapsitarian, the boogaloo, freedom. None of these things are about me. You know, they're not, they're not about you. They're not about us. They're, they're, they're much bigger than we are. Absolutely. You know, I have no name. I, I have no name to follow that you can't look me up on the internet and find out who I am and say, that's my dude. I'm going to go move by him because he's going to save me. No, 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 no. I got my little plan and, and I got it working with the people that I'm near. And, and, and that and, and I'll share information with other people, because if it's working for me and if I can continue to make it better and then I can share some of those experiences with other people. But but, you know, it 
it's it's this it's this the sense that people have of needing a leader you have to get away from that and you have to look yeah. at being your own leader you have to be your own leader you know like i said you know i'm just a peckerwood that lives in the hills with too many guns hey that's a <laughs> that's a compliment right? there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing there's, wrong with that that's that's a good way to be yeah you know at and the, the world level, has forgotten about that that's right yeah and the, at the lowest level you build your teams locally and then you train for a fight that's what you do you yeah. you can network at multiple layers just like we've done you know twitter's a great place for that facebook i think you know people do that too i, I think there's a lot of people on instagram you know and stuff like yeah. that yeah you know 4chan's a good place to probably run into the wrong people you know but you know, network at multiple layers of trust, just like a series of circles, many of whom yep. will never know anyone else outside their own circle. That's the secret right there. That's the secret sauce. Yeah. Like so do it. you have, like uh, so you've got, you've got your plan and you're working it and your plan is tailored to wherever you're geographically located. And that's, uh, that's, that's solid, right? Everybody needs to have a, have their own little one-off. Let's say for a minute that you find yourself in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, 2,500 miles from the next from the next populated landmass. Um, what's what's your plan? Which how are you how are you going to modify your plan? How would you be able to do that? I, you know, the truth is, and it's not it's not cryptic. I'm no. talking about me and Gumbo and others yeah, like sure. us out here out here in Hawaii. You know? Sure, I'm going to find my little corner of the island, and I'm going to hope that nobody finds me, and I'm going to. You know, maybe take my little safety beacon that uh, is supposed to be designed to rescue me if I'm out on a uh, kayak kayaking trip. I'm going to mm-hmm. toss it in my kayak and I'm going to throw it out in the middle of a storm. And they're they're just going to say he was he got lost in sea. We don't even know where he is. That that'd that be my plan. Ain't here no more. <laughs> yeah, just kind of just kind of disappear. Yeah, he gone. Pull up, pull a Bruce Banner. Yeah. But, but you know the truth is that that that's pretty sad that that has to be anyone's plan. Yeah, you're right. You're right. In today's world, because I tell you what, I walk around my little house in suburbia here, and I'll be honest, I look at my 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 nylon, you know, my little nylon fence or whatever, and 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 my, and my drywall and everything. I'm like, dude, that ain't stopping anything. No. Yeah. <laughs> and and so so am I going to line myself up with sandbags all all around my property and just and just hunker down and wait? Well, that doesn't seem like it's going to work out either, right? I don't know, man. Every plan. We all have lots of work to do. (laughs) Yeah, no, everybody does. That's the truth. And I mean, like when I told you I'm busy, you know, it's it's just because, you know, I if if you think the table, the picture of the table with all the, uh, you know, writing and everything and all the scribbles and everything, just to remind myself of all the different things, because now I'm getting old and, you know, I forget stuff every now and then, you know, I'm almost 50 now. And, uh, you know, it, it's, you, you forget so many different things. So I, I, I have to write notes to remind myself. Um, well, and especially smart, since I know. have the ADHD, you know, the ADHD is a killer, Dude. but let's see. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, suffer from I got a couple of subjects. You, you could ask you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've got a couple of subjects left. Um, Let's do it, baby. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if you're if you're still down, I'm working. Oh, yeah. I know it's getting. You know, yeah, yeah. We're we're going at it. We're going at about an hour right now. Uh, All right, cool. You know, once I once I edit out the drops, it, it'll be a little bit less than that. But 
yeah. worth 55 minutes on my counter. And, and, and dude, I, I'm good to push this as far as you're willing to go. Yeah. This could be just a super episode. As a matter, of, drop, as you know a matter I mean? of fact, we should, we should continue this a little bit later after we've absorbed this and thought about it and sliced it and diced it and, and come back and revisit it maybe sometime in the near future. If, I'm, if I'm you're all about that. that. Yeah, I'm all okay, about that. Good, good, good. Fine. So uh, a couple thoughts. Um, I have a couple – I have a couple, um, I guess you could say they get a little into the conspiratorial waters. Um, and, uh, and I'll start now with, you're talk, now you're, now you're singing, now you're singing to, to Gumbo's music right there. dude. Yeah, oh, yeah, conspiratorial. Yeah. I was yeah. lost in those rabbit holes for many, many moons, my friends. Yeah. And I had yes. to step away. I stepped away from all that when I got into cryptocurrency, just cause I needed some yeah. breathing room. Sure. I, I spent sure. that stuff. Uh, it's, it'll make your mind tired. <laughs> well, you know, zero gov. He likes to say, you know, that he'll take a dip in the conspiratorial waters, but he doesn't stay in the water. That's smart. That's smart. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. yeah. If you're treading so, in those waters, you're gonna drown. <laughs> well, you know, a lot of how we got here, you know, this the, the amount of compliance that you see in the American people, you know, whether it's we want to call it the word education, or you know brainwashing whatever it is that you want yeah indoctrination is a good example um i've got a good quote here for you this is going to blow your mind so social engineering i kind of chalk everything up to uh one level or another of social engineering there was actually a word for it that was provided um in the early 1900s called mass psychology Mm -hmm. that's that was the word because social engineering wasn't around yet and um, Corbett Report did a really good podcast on Social Engineering 101 back in uh, June 2012 on YouTube on the Corbett Report called Social Engineering 101. And uh, I pulled I pulled a couple quotes or well, a quote um, or a series of quotes, but I'm just going to highlight a couple of them. But uh, it, it mass psychology is almost interchangeable with education in, in, in some of these quotes, which is scary. So we're talking about the impact of science on society by Bertrand Russell. And I don't know if you read okay. anything about him. He's, well, he's a sir. So obviously he, uh, he was an important scientist. Sociology and psychology afford fields for scientific technique, which still await development. Two great men, Pavlov and Freud, have laid the foundation. I do not accept the view that they are in essential conflict, but what structure will be built on their foundations is still in doubt. So I think the subject, which will be of most importance politically, is mass psychology. Its importance has been enormously increased by the growth of modern methods of propaganda. Of these, the most influential is what is called education. Religion plays a part, though a diminishing one. The press, the cinema, and the radio play an increasing part because this was before TV. Right. And before podcasts. Yeah, long before the internet. (laughs) It may be hoped that in time, anybody will be able to persuade anybody of anything. If he can catch the patient young, 
and is provided by the state with money and equipment. This subject will make great strides when it is taken up by scientists under a scientific dictatorship. And that's kind of what we're doing now. <laughs> yeah. Or what's happening now. The scientism. Well, the, yeah. The, and the climate change, uh, you know, mafia. Yeah, that's your, that's your you scientific know? dictatorship right so, there. All your so, check, so check this out. As you were reading these quotes to me, it, it triggered something in my brain and I had to go to my computer as we're, as I'm listening to you. And I have an email that I sent to myself from deployment in 2010. And I want to read to you a couple of the quotes that I saved that I've saved all these years. Uh, okay. If you don't mind. Yeah, please. Okay. So let me go through. So um, Samuel Johnson, patriotism is the last refuge of scoundrels. Sinclair Lewis, 1935 fascism will come wrapped in a flag and carrying a Bible. Um, I, got, I got a couple more for you. One second. Um, okay, that, that'll do. I don't, I don't want to read through all of them. I just wanted to throw a couple out there. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> There's good. like too many. Yeah. So but, uh, in this in this uh, in this book, it says the social psychologists of the future will have a number of classes of school children on whom they will try different methods of producing an unshakable conviction that snow is black. Mm. Various results will soon be arrived at. First, that the influence of home is obstructive. Think about that for a second. That's, yeah. that's, that's, that's the attack on the, on the family right there. Yeah. yeah. Second, that not much can be done unless indoctrination begins before the age of 10. Third, that verses set to music and repeatedly intoned are very effective. Fourth, that the opinion that snow is white must be held to show a morbid taste for eccentricity. But I anticipate wow. it is for the future scientists to make these maxims precise and discover exactly how much it costs per head to make children believe that snow is black and how much less it would cost to make them believe it is dark gray. We're talking about the U S education system here. We are. That, that yeah, sounds about, exactly about, about the public education. That yeah. sounds exactly like what's going on right now with all these movements and protests and people's uh, ideologies with gender and race. And, you know, it's, it's that rings true right now yeah. for sure. And then at the last part is, although this science will be diligently studied, it will be rigidly confined to the governing class. The populace will not be allowed to know how its convictions were generated. When the technique has been perfected, every government that has been in charge of education for a generation will be able to control its subjects securely without the need of armies or policemen. I think about a gunless society yeah. stuck in virtual reality and the internet, believing that anything goes as long as you listen to your masters, which is... Well, and I, Japan, Japan is an example of this, quite frankly. Oh, man. You know, and their Dude. culture. You know, yeah. and, and I'm assuming you guys have been there. I've been there. So yeah, two winters yeah. ago, I, I, I two winters ago, I took on a, 
a job over there for like six weeks, right? I lived there for six weeks. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. uh, and I'd, I'd, you know, been in the Navy, right? I'd, so I'd been in there a couple of times. But, you know, there's a difference between being there for a few days and then for like a month and a half, right? Um, one of the things I noticed the most about Japan and the culture there, uh, aside from them being ultimately very polite people, wonderful people to be around, uh, they're brilliant, they're intelligent, but they share a mind. They're, they are a hive mind. It's, it's, it was weird to me when I was, I was there with a guy and I was talking to him about stuff and we got on the topic of guns. And so I pulled up my phone and went, in, went into my pictures and uh, showed him, you know, showed him what I own. And it blew his mind, right? His whole idea was just he, he was like he couldn't believe what anybody would have. Who's, who's not there? Yeah. Okay, so I'm sorry. I just, I just heard the noise change. I figured somebody might have dropped, but he couldn't believe that anybody would have uh, what I own, right? And and he asked me, frankly, why do I own all that? And then as best as I could through our, our communication, he spoke Japanese, I spoke English, and we were communicating through the through Google Translate, basically. And uh, and I explained to him that it's it's in our culture to overthrow our government. You know, if it gets... If it gets <laughs> You know, if, if it gets, you know, tyrannical, we are to throw off the chains of tyranny. And his my, his eyes, man, he couldn't believe what he was hearing. He didn't understand any of that. That's awesome. It, yeah. it, was, it, was like a, it was like a mind, like, I mean, it's funny now yeah. looking back on it, but, but, but it, was, it was fascinating. And so I love Jap- Japan. I love the Japanese culture. Yeah, it's really a beautiful culture. People. Yeah. yeah, beautiful people, beautiful culture, very polite. But man, they do. They share a mind, dude. They yeah. they are they are drones. But it, it does it does show how successful their education was. Yeah, because if, absolutely. If you've seen the movie, Ooh, good point. Good point. If you if, yep. if you if you've seen if you've seen the movie, The Last Samurai. The U.S. Army basically went over there and taught their government how to overthrow their Second Amendment. Yeah. 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 Right. That's pretty sad. Yeah. yeah, it is. Well, so <laughs> we've gone on and on for a while, haven't we? Oh yeah. <laughs> so social yeah. engineering 101. The last thing I was going to mention is Schiller Institute um, did a paper on uh, mind control called Cybernetics to Littleton Techniques in Mind Control. There's a paper. It's called, uh, Jeff, it was written by Jeffrey Steinberg in April 2000. And, uh, and that's where a lot of this information about Bertrand Russell was found. I, th- I think a lot of that goes back to the original patents for the television and the, and the different um, alpha state, beta state, whenever you're watching the colors and the images. And they, they studied that to, to, to ensure that that will be the platform of entertainment of course it's outdated now because we have computers and internet and but that that's what what you're seeing right now we're in the midst of social engineering right now it's it's like more powerful yeah. right now than it's ever been and yeah. it's scary man it's scary so we can go one of two ways here um i've got one rabbit hole and then i've got another rabbit hole and then i've got something that can lead us to those rabbit holes when we talk about the boogaloo, right, the boo, as yep. I like to call okay. it. Um, my boo. No, just <laughs> not boo, just boog. 
Yeah. I know. I'm not just... <laughs> so uh, the balkanization of the United States. This is, okay. this is another subject that, uh, yeah. that uh, ZeroGov brought up probably sometime in the 08, 09 timeframe that he anticipated a balkanization of the United States. Um, I kind of came up with my own name for it called devolution. Yeah. Devolution. Yeah. Devolution. And, and, and maybe somewhere in the back of my mind, I thought to myself, well, devolution is such a safer word than revolution. Mm. But remember revolution overthrows a government only to put another government in its place. Okay. Mm, yeah, and, smart. That's smart. And, and that, that's not what I want to see. What I want to see is, is I just want to see the pillars of our servitude grind to a halt and stop. And devolution is a secession effort designed to resolve coming conflicts more peaceably. Quite frankly, secession is a divorce instead of a corpse. Yeah. Okay. And if you think about that, and you think about, like you were saying, how there's so many just different, diverse cultures across the United States. Yeah. Um, you know, this, this, this kind of takes me back down the road of the, you know, anti-federalists were right yes. in trying to avoid a central government the way they were. Yeah. Yep. And we don't hear a lot about them because, you know, they didn't win. They lost. That's right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, because remember, history is supported by the victors and written and written by the victors, and so yes. you know, I, it seems like everything I learn is always on the wrong side of history. It's like you have to get you okay. Those are the guys who won. Let me read about the ones who lost. You know, to understand what really happened. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because nobody looks at the people who lost as perhaps the people who were good. You know. I mean, even, even, even the movie Star Wars and the whole series of Star Wars, and I hate to put it in this light, but you, you watch Star Wars and you think, okay, the Empire's bad and the Rebellion is good. Yeah. Right? But then yeah. as you learn more about the Jedi you learn that essentially they were tax collectors. It's, it's funny how um, the reflections of those movies in our main, mainstream media and entertainment will play those mind tricks. And, and you think about it. How old were you when you watched Star Wars? And you thought it was awesome, right? I did. And then yeah. it's implanting those seeds of those ideas in the subconscious. And then it comes out later in life and it's just always floating around there. But yeah, like you said, that reverse psychology and planting those seeds and twisting up the wires in your mind on who's right and who's wrong and who you should root for and be, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, all right, here's another one. This was a good one. The European mass immigration. This has been, this is a really sensitive subject for libertarians. Yep. Okay. But I've got a yep. really good quote here and it's going to blow your mind because it blew my mind. And, uh, it's by, uh, Illich Ramirez Sanchez, otherwise known as Carlos the Jackal. Carlos the Jackal. Okay. <laughs> All right. 
Okay, so you probably remember all the stories about Carlos the Jackal. And if you're a little bit older, you probably remember that there was a movie called Day of the Jackal. And it was a movie about how there was a revolutionaryist, you know, Marxist revolutionaryist that was an assassin that went to France to kill, and I don't remember who it was. And he was successful. And they caught him. And he's been in jail ever since. Well, And he's, he's in a French jail still to this day. Hmm. But he writes books. And he's converted to Islam. And this is what's interesting. Okay, he wrote a book called Revolutionary Islam. That's the English translation. Yeah. And in that book, he wrote, only a coalition of Marxists and Islamists can destroy the United States. Wow. That's interesting. Wow. Wow. Look around, man. Wow. Mm -hmm. So I dug a little deeper. Because I thought, okay, that's just a one-off, right? There's no, none of that other stuff is going on. So here's a quote from Hugo Chavez. Here are two brother countries united like a single fist. During a visit to Tehran in 2008. Celebrated his alliance with Islamist Muhammad uh, uh, Ahmadinejad. I can't remember his name. I can't remember, pronounce his name, but no. Anyhow, uh, Che Guevara's son, Camilo, who also visited Tehran last year, declared that his father would have supported the country in its current struggle against the United States. They followed in the footsteps of Fidel Castro, who in a 2001 visit told his hosts that Iran and Cuba, in cooperation with each other, can bring America to its knees. There's a trend here. And the trend just keeps going. Um, Ken Livingstone, a Trotskyite former mayor of London, mm. basically gave a huge embrace to an Islamist uh, thinker uh, yeah. Yusuf uh, Qadari. Uh, Ramsey Clark, former U.S. Attorney General, visited Ayatollah Khomeini and offered his support. Noam Chomsky, the MIT professor, visited yeah. Hezbollah leader uh, Hassan uh, Nasrallah and endorsed Hezbollah's keeping its arms. So there's a, um, there's a trend. Yeah, that's spooky stuff right there, man. <laughs> And, and, and the trend, I mean, it goes on for pages, it pages and pages, you know, it, it goes back to leftists in 78, 79, French philosopher Mikhail Foucault expressed great enthusiasm for the Iranian revolution. You know, there's, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot here. But remember that Marxism, communism, you know, Stalinism, Mark, you know, all of those types of isms that, that, that derive from Marx. The one thing that they have in common is they, they want to see consolidation of power. Um, yeah. They want to see 
uh, eradication of current cultures. Yeah. And they want to see the destruction of the family replaced with the state. Yeah. So I, I, I'm following all of that. Um, my own question with, with these guys is, is, I mean, what, what's their end game? Let's say they go through and they, and they execute everything they want to do and their plan comes out and is perfect and, and they get rid of all of these, uh, all of the world's cultures and what's left is, is, is communism and Islam. Yeah. Aren't they anti-thetic? Aren't they against each other? I mean, what's the end game there? What are they, are they just going to wait and then, and then duke it out then? I, how do they, how, how do they go hand in hand? I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not sitting back here. I'm not doubting uh, what you're saying. I'm intrigued by it. Yeah. I just don't know what they think their end game is because at the end of the day, one worships a deity and one is, or at least believes to themselves to be the deity. Right. So right. I don't know, man. Yeah. It, it's bizarre. It's a very bizarre uh, lockup. But what I will tell you is, is if you look at, like, for instance, every time Qaddafi wanted something from the EU and the EU was like, no, no, we gave you too much money last time and look at what you've done with it. and Look at how you're treating your people. He would come back and threaten to paint Europe black. Literally his words, paint Europe black. What do you think he meant by that? Mass immigration, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which is happening. <laughs> which is, which I is think happen- about... Which is, yeah, exactly, think about- which is exactly what, and, and I won't even say it was a U.S. policy. I would go so far as to say that was the cabal's goal. Yeah. Well, that, I guess I guess that's like the old guard, right? They're, they're, they're yeah. attacking the old guard and bringing it closer to, yeah. to the other know, powers that be. <laughs> um, tell they're, you what, rearranging, um, not- they're, they're rearranging the plantations. Yeah, so so I'm not going to get in here and bash anybody's belief structure or whatever. You can do what you want, you know. I'm, I'm sure we're all on the same page with that. But when I was treading water in those rabbit holes and in those deep waters and spending too much time there, I do know that the main books of the whole uh, Islam and the Muslim belief structure, if you look in their main books, it says some wonky stuff in there that that if you if you step back and you look at it. It doesn't sound good. It just doesn't sit well with me, you know? Well, and, you know, for me, it's less about what they, what their books say or what they believe. It's about what they do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because if you think about it, that's the same rule that I'm judged by. You know, it's not, it's not what I believe. It's not what I, it's not what I'm reading. It's what I do with that. That's what I'm judged by. So I kind of look at it the same way. And if somebody says, well, you know, I can have four wives that are 11 years old. No. It's, none of those are going to be my daughter. Yeah. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Yeah. And, and, and Europe is getting baptized with that right now. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I know. I know that uh, firsthand. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah, that's a very unpopular subject, but you know, I, that's the first thing I like to do is just get right into all the dirty. No, I think uh, that's good. Unpopular that's, that's something subjects. To think about. Yeah, that's. 
when wa- and watching it unfold from across the pond now is 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 frightening mm-hmm. and and it's not even that much i mean we have we have some of that happening in in the us too sure the us you know it it's not a big secret that the democrat wants to import future voters yeah yeah you know, that's what the democrat party wants to do and and I, you know i i shouldn't even call it the democrat party because it's really just in name only no yeah cuz they they're not they're not they're, um, they're certainly not the party of kennedy that's for sure you know no certainly not and yeah. and i would i would go so far as to say that you know they're just i mean i guess i just saw earlier that uh that apparently uh i guess bernie sanders is leading so we kind of know we kind of know where the democrat party is well that's you know yeah, that, i mean well what do you think about like the the common folks that aren't pay, that doesn't pay attention to the political ongoings and they're just going to work every day and trying to make a living and then they see what's happening on the mainstream media and that's their main uh point of news and sure. of course they're going to go to you know what side are they going to go on which yeah. is scary in itself but that's yeah so i guess all of this comes back to q yeah there we go <laughs> so, so here we go we're going to go down the uh the rabbit hole of the cabal the deep state and what i like to call the bee pigs and and the bee pigs i I had to come up with something bro i went i you've been using that for a while you know how many times i tried to figure out what that meant (laughs) well i hashtag it i google every time you every time i find you hashtagging hashtagging bee pigs i'm i'm in there i'm trying to i'm googling it i'm i'm trying to (laughs) figure it out now what is a bee pig what does that mean this is what i think happens i think that uh Twitter is able to undo certain hashtags with their algorithms so that you can't really find the, uh, the hashtag. Oh, yeah, they'll, they'll bury stuff if it's, if it's generating oh, yeah. something they yeah. don't like, for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, you know, my, my, uh, my follower count is, is weird because it's been almost a year since, the, since my followers has changed. Like, I, literally, it's, it's changed 100 in a year. And I'm like, yeah, no, I don't think that's true. Yeah. So, you know, but I don't care. Salvia Agoras did a libertarian uh, follow train this week, and my, and my uh, followers went up like 150 in a, in a day. Right. <laughs> right. And so, I mean, isn't that crazy that, that like, nuts. in a year's time, yeah. I, see it, I see it change by like 100, and I'm like, nah, I'm thinking probably no. That's probably not true. Yeah. But I mean, I, not that I follow any of that kind of stuff to the point where, you know, no, I remember you know, a long hey, time ago, I used if, to pull up the analytics and look at the analytics, you know, and stuff like well, that. Well, it's the and principle now, of it. But if yeah. you're paying attention, right? And, yeah. and you're, you're clearly a numbers guy anyway because of the stuff you're, you're, you're following and you're tracking and you can't help but, but notice these trends. And if mm-hmm. you're paying attention, what does it mean? Ah, I don't know what it means. Who knows what it means? But it means, it means whatever it means that your numbers are messing with. You know what I mean? <laughs> Right, like which I mean, isn't which isn't cool at all. Yeah, yeah. like the coronavirus. You. The coronavirus numbers are probably as accurate as what my Twitter account is. <laughs> <laughs> but they're gonna blow it up, man. Fearmonger. Oh my gosh! So the cabal, the deep state, the bee pigs. The bee pigs is they're banksters, they're elitists, they're pedophiles, they're Illuminati. They're globalists, Luciferians, satanic Luciferians. There it is. Okay. They worship Saturn. They're weird, man. 
they're weird. They worship Saturn and, and Moloch. And they actually, yeah. I, I really do believe, and I've heard enough accounts that this is, that this is true. And this is from a long time ago. This, some of this information goes way back. It goes back to the to Druids, like, to the Druids. Uh, yes. But, but I mean, me knowing some of this stuff goes all the way back to when the news media was covering the boys town thing in Omaha, Nebraska in the eighties in the early eighties, the pedo rings where yeah, the so boys not to, cut you, not, not to cut you off, but that yeah. all that stuff ties into child sacrifice, adrenochrome yes. and the youth, uh, the fountain of youth and all that bizarre stuff that they're Bro, in. Yeah, you're I, right. The... I knew gumbo was going to get in See? On, on this. Topic. See, <laughs> See? And, and I actually believe that all of that to some form or another is true. Yeah. I'm not saying that in every town across the United States, there's a couple people huddled together, huddled together doing something terrible and dastric, you know, dastardly to a child. But what I will tell you is it's a lot more than people think. Yeah. A yeah. lot more. And it's been hidden think. for a long time. And that ties yeah. also into the secret societies and the occult and the Masons yep. and blah, blah, blah. And on we go. You know, when people say, you know, when I talk about this and people say, oh, you're taking that out of uh, context or now you're okay. Now you're Alex, Alex Jonesen, right? <laughs> yeah. Bohemian Grove. So, but listen, yeah. I, how many things we can talk about Alex Jones and he is an he's an odd cookie. Let's be honest. But how many things has he been right about? It's scary. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I really yeah. believe he's. I mean, all the way down to the frogs being gay. Yeah, dude. I mean, all the way down to the <laughs> yeah, that's frogs. that's smart stuff, though. <laughs> yeah, I think they mix they they mix truth with lies so they keep you off the you know the trail. Yeah. I think they have to. But you know, you pick a one hundred year period in history where this group, whatever, however you want to name them, have not influenced it in their benefit of wealth and power. Pick a one hundred year period in history you can't yeah you can you can't all they've done is grown more and more and more powerful and, and and all they do is decide more and more and more things for the rest of us yep so i i really think that that's kind of what the QAnon uh effort is about is you know wh- whether the story you know, the, the, the greatest story ever been told. I, we've all seen the video, right? I know we have. Because, you know, none of, yeah. us, none of us will hear information that, that pricks the ear for just a second and then just quickly dismisses it and never bothers to investigate. I, I have oh, no, you, you have to go back mine. to it. <laughs> I've got to. I've got to. I mean, it's, it's literally like when I'm driving in my vehicle and I hear a weird sound. I don't say, oh, well, I'm sure it'll be fine. That's not me. I'm, I'm, I got to know what this is, right? And so, you know, I, I'm an investigator by nature. And I will tell you, just based on what I've investigated, now, I'm not going to dime anybody out, but I do know people that are involved in a lot of the QAnon effort. And, you know, the people who go in and investigate and validate and verify some of the mm-hmm. information. I do know some of them. Some of them are actual, like I've known for a very long time, not like 
you know, oh, I bumped into him at some weird, you know, QAnon fest and we've become friends. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. no, I mean, I've known these guys for like almost 20 years. So they're not just people that I just happen to, you know, come across. I, I actually trust these guys. And when they tell me things, I'm like, are you kidding me? Are you serious? Yeah, good to hear, though. So sometimes when you see me post things, you know, I'm not going to get all Q, W, G, whatever those yeah. letters are. Where we I'm go, what we go that. all. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not going to do all of that, okay? Because th that's not my lane. I, but I will tell you that I will work with anyone that is working to expose the cabal, the deep state, and the bee pigs. Yeah, that's and the best so, way to put it, man. Yeah. yeah. Because, you know, to me, it's like, if, if in fact they do exist, and I really do believe in everything that I have researched that it's true, if they really do believe, they should not exist. Yeah. They should not exist. Yeah. I agree with you. They should be eradicated for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, see, we got all the way through all of the subjects, and we touched on, you know, probably a little bit of all of the things that people probably uh, wanted to see on the podcast. Because when they hear, when they hear, oh, what, Collapsitarian? Oh, I got to see this. So now, <laughs> okay, there you are. It's all, it's all, it's who's all this, there. Who's this gumbo doofus, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you, though, uh, you know, it was, it was fun. It was fun putting this together because, you know, of course, about three, 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 three quarters of everything that I wrote on all those yellow pads were from my head and I'm, and I'm having to like, okay, let me, what, what year was that? You know, look things up a little bit yeah. you know, just to make it's sure so that, much information Yeah, that I had to research and stuff like that. And believe it or not, my biggest challenge was trying to print quotes because, um, you know, my work, you know, where I work is where some of my stuff that I do. Right. Yeah. And, and I think that's probably no secret because, if you look at where most of my posts come from and, and, and the time period that they are. Of course, my man, of course. Like, oh, okay, all right, all right. Now we know what he's doing at work, right? But, um, but when I'm at home, you know, I've got, I've got a second job. I've got a third job. You know, my second job right now is I'm, I'm building furniture for my oh, wife. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, you got that honey-do list, man. Yep. Sometimes you'll, see, um, sometimes you'll see some of the work that I do. You know, I post pictures on there of, uh, of the steel um, I do a lot of welding and things like that. I'm a certified welder. And, uh, and then, you know, my third job, I believe it or not, I, I work security for my church. Oh, good. And, um, and, and I, I, I try to, I don't really, you know, talk it up a whole bunch or anything like that, but you know, I, I do belong to several different shooting clubs and, um, I'm pretty active in, you know, the three gun community or the two gun community, as I like to call it, because shotguns are not meant to leave the house. And so I'm one of those people that I uh, like to stay active and, and do a lot of things with, um, with other shooters in the community. I know a lot of shooters. I shoot with people who are nationally ranked. Um, I get a lot of training in. I take some pretty decent courses. I get training from some seriously bad dudes, right like now, people man. who really, really know what That's they're awesome. doing. I mean, you know, like uh, in April, I've got a course from a retired, he's a retired uh, Delta operator. And oh, wow. that's, I can't wait for that course. I, that'll be the third course that I've taken of somebody of that level of proficiency. And uh, all I do is I just go and I just try to get better. 
that's really all that it's about is just, you know, it, it, it's, um, it's not because I want to start a company, you know, or any of that. It's just because, you know, I'm my own bodyguard. I'm, I'm my family's bodyguard. Um, and, and then from there, I just want to share that knowledge. That's I good. Wanna, you know, yeah. I, I, I work with, I work with the security detail at, at our church and, and, you know, most, almost all of them are, you know, retired cops and stuff like that. So they don't, you know, that they, they, they kind of want like a level of training and a level of bona fides before they're, you know, happy about it, but as there should be, you know, they give you, know. you a radio. Yeah. They give you a radio. <laughs> well, it's their property. I mean, if you think about it that way, it's yeah. their property. Yeah. So, you know, they, they, but, but they, uh, they don't discourage uh, anyone from carrying, they just, um, if you're going to have a radio in your ear, they want to know that you're going to be doing the right thing. So, so I, I do that. I work with the, that team and we, we practice there. So, and then of course I have my own team and that is, you know, predominantly, you know, neighbors and close friends. And so we do a little bit of that as well. Um, I help anybody that's like, Oh, you know, I really want to build an AR, but I've never done it before. That that's music to my ears. I love hearing that. I'm like, Hey, here, go, go get this, go get that. Yeah. Bring it here's, over to my here's house. Your shopping we'll sit list. down. Hey, yeah. Get the Cheddar Lux and the I'll, duct tape. Come on. <laughs> I'll get, I'll get a, uh, I'll get a, a barbecue going, yeah. and we'll have, you know, some barbecue and, you know, we'll just have a good time. You know, sometimes there may or may not be bourbon involved or tomahawk throwing, oh, dude, you know. And so, because I love that. That's that's actually one of my – I'm not allowed to throw with my right arm because I, I, I uh, injured my right shoulder. So what you're saying, um, Clapsitarian, is you're, you're having us over this weekend for a barbecue? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I, I, I would – I would gladly have you over this weekend, although I don't think that you could get here in enough time yeah. for it to qualify. No, as you're, right. you're right. You're right. They haven't finished that bridge but, yet. Yeah. No, I have had people um, actually come and visit. Like, they're like, hey, I'm in Arizona. Where are you? I want to come see you. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Well, I don't know when I'll be in Arizona, but if, but if I am, I'll definitely try and hook you, look you up. But, uh, yeah. And I will tell you, there's a lot of good opportunities in Arizona. I'm not trying to sell Arizona to anybody, but there are a lot of good opportunities um, just simply because there's so many good gun schools yeah. here. Yeah. And, 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 and this is a very positive gun culture place. <laughs> you know, this is a place that you, know, you, you probably couldn't throw a brick without hitting somebody wearing that's, a gun. That's the America I want, bro. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's, that's where I want that's to be. The, that's, that's the best the way to Hawaii be. That's the I want, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the crime statistics in Arizona. This is kind of funny, but um, the only thing that you really see that pops out at you in Arizona is, by and large, property crime. It's theft. Those are some it's brave usually thieves. Theft that occurs. <laughs> yep, it's usually theft because they see your cars missing or things like that. And they have opportunity because maybe you live out in the middle of nowhere. And so they figure, well, nobody's going to see this because, you know, I am in the middle of nowhere. And, you know, I'm not going to say that all of that is illegal immigration, but there is a good amount of that that occurs because, you know, people, you know, they look at, they look at how far they are from Phoenix and they think, well, here's a car. I know how to hotwire it. And so off it goes. And that becomes a crime statistic, of course, mm -hmm. but the other, the other crime 
that's really well known in Arizona is that Phoenix is the kidnapping capital of the United States. Wow. And you know what that means? That's just, was that just sex trafficking, huh? It's cartels. Yeah. It's cartels. One of it, part of it is the sex trafficking. And, and all of that goes south. Yeah. Right? So there's like four major corridors. Um, well, there's, there's really only one major corridor because 10 goes you know, north and south. But, but if, you, if you, well, it's technically east-west. But, but for a, more, a large amount of Arizona, it's going north yeah. and south. Um, and that is a, that's, that's a major highway for that kind of stuff. And then there's only a couple tertiary highways off to the sides that, um, that are also used. And, um, you know, they have border patrol checkpoints and all that kind of stuff, you know, to try to catch, to catch that, but they do, they do catch them. Um, the thing is, is that, uh, most of the border patrol checkpoints only check you as you're going north. Not as you're going south, and that's why, um, you know, they'll pick a day that they have the right person working on the Mexican side, and then they will take whatever human trafficked minors that they need to take across the border. I sure hope we can find a way to to get rid of that, because you know what that goes, you know what that ties into and where it goes. We touched on a lot of that tonight, but... Yeah, uh, that's that's just pure, I told my pure kids, evil, man. It's pure evil. At the... Yeah, it is. It is. I told my kids when they were little, you know, and I and I was living here and I told them I was like, you know, you you walk, you think it, it's funny to walk around the corner and make a parent worry. But the real person that should be worrying is if we don't notice and you're not around the corner anymore. Yeah, yeah. that's what you should. That's what you should be paying attention yeah. to, because if we don't notice you know, because you know how kids get a little froggy yeah, and, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to see if you're not paying attention yeah. and I'm going to, you know, kind of thing. And, you know, I had, I had my boys once they told me, they were like, nobody could kip, kidnap us. And I was like, oh, okay. So why, why, why do you think that? Well, because if they tied us up, we would just untie them. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Let's. Let's see. I don't know. I've been to Sears school. Let's give this a try. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, so here we go. And I'm hog tying my eight and nine year old sons, right. To see if they can get out of it. <laughs> and of course they couldn't. And you know, it was like, Oh, so they came to that realization. Oh, okay. So somebody actually could pick me up if I didn't want to be picked up and they could move me somewhere that they didn't, that, that I didn't yeah. want to go and they could tie me. And I would have no place to go, you know, and, and that's, that was a hard lesson to teach the kid because, you know, they fought me. I mean, they really fought and they put up a good fight, but you know, at that point I was like, I have to prove this point to them that just, just because they're eight and nine and you know, their mouth can outrun their hummingbird, but their alligator mouth can outrun their hummingbird, but it (laughs) does not mean that they're, that they're actually going to, you know, now if somebody were to kidnap them and then have to deal with their crappy attitude, they probably bring them right back. <laughs> I'm taking you back to the classitarian. <laughs> yeah. My mom used so, to tell me that they'd bring me back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, anyway, so yeah, that that's uh, I guess that's a good. I think that's a great. This, this, this you know, has a been a great. This me. is a great show, man. I, I yeah. Thank you so much. Our, our pleasure. 
Our pleasure. We, we think this is great. Good. I, I hope I didn't go too long because I know we're over. Yeah, we're at 98 time. minutes on my counter yeah. right now. But, uh, All no, right, hey, cool. this is this is good stuff. I appreciate it. We'll go ahead and, we'll go ahead and end it here. And, and um, you, you got anything you want to plug, buddy? No, that's it. You know, it's just, just uh, you know, keep your eyes open. That's really it. You know, it's about keeping your eyes open and uh, whatever you read, it may be true. It may not be true or it might be downplayed or overplayed mm. for a illegitimate yeah, a number reason. of illegitimate reasons. You're right. Okay. Yeah. Hey, thanks very much, everybody. And yeah. uh, thanks. All right. Good night. Okay. Yep. All right. It was good right. meeting both of you. Yeah. Right. Thank you, man. Take care. All right. Yep. Absolutely. You too. Hey, everybody. I want to thank you for listening to this episode. If you like the content we're providing at Unshackled Liberty and would like to help us create more, please feel free to donate at anchor.fm slash unshackledliberty or at patreon.com slash unshackledliberty or you can visit our website at unshackledliberty.com for event news and stuff you can buy to support this show and to advocate for freedom in our lifetime. Remember, freedom doesn't ask permission. <laughs>